Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 186, and it's a bonus episode. And it's an important one, too. Uh, my name is Scribius Pip, if you're new to the podcast. And, I mean, I'll keep this intro brief, because we get into it at the start and explain everything. But, basically, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the, in the British wrestling scene at the moment. And I wanted to offer up as a fan of the British wrestling scene and friend of a lot of people in it, I wanted to offer up the podcast as a platform for some open and informed discourse on the subjects. So we got three wonderful, intelligent uh, women together. We spoke to the police and we spoke to the victim support charity. And yeah, we kind of, sat down and had a big old chat so yeah hopefully you um enjoy this enjoy is a weird one because it's a heavy subject but hopefully you can get something from this and it can be of some help if you're not a wrestling fan it's kind of it's relevant to a lot of industries and areas so yeah it's it's i have to give a trigger warning though a trigger warning right now the incidents that have um occurred and come out in recent weeks in the British wrestling industry have been um, of sexual misconduct with adults and with minors. So yeah, obviously that's a heavy subject, but I was delighted to be able to offer up a platform for some discussion on this, and I was blown away by the calm and intelligent um, chat and interaction. So I'm joined by Bozzers, who's a great journalist and who spoke to the police and did she put all of this together, so just huge love and praise to her. I met her through the British wrestling scene and on Tuesday Night Jaw. I'm also joined by Death by Susie, who's on Twitter and on social media and on blogs. is a great writer and member of the of the wrestling community. And Vicky Haskins, who's a female wrestler and married to Mark Haskins, who's was one of the the top guys in in British wrestling has been for a while and yeah we all sat down and had a really good open chat so hopefully this will be of some interest um, oh actually but before we get into it I should mention that next week's guest is Vicky McClure who's one of my favorite actresses and the week after is Florence Pugh who's up for the E uh, Rising Star BAFTA um, she's absolutely amazing she's actually p- playing Paige in the upcoming film about the wrestler page uh a wrestling with my family so check both of them out in uh in in coming weeks and if you're here as a fan of british wrestling previous guests or wrestling in general previous guests have included jack gallagher chris jericho jim smallman and will osprey so we've had a good few wrestlers on worth having a listen if you uh if you fancy hearing them they're they're all on a year or so ago so Give them a look if you get a chance, but yeah, other than that, let's get into the podcast. This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction And we're recording, so I I will have done an intro, but um it's best at the start to give a bit of an explanation of what of what this is. And my kind of outlook on it all is 
British wrestling has just had the best year or two in its in its history. Um, but it's that kind of typical thing that when you turn a light on, a few cockroaches scramble away and are exposed, kind of thing. And a spotlight has gone on British wrestling at the start of this year. There's been numerous cases and accusations of um, of sexual abuse whether that be to, to minors or or, or, or or to adults. And I I hit bosses up, or Kirsty, I don't know what to call you in this in this context. Either's fine, bosses so, is fine. Yeah, I, I, I hit you up just as knowing that you're a journalist and a trained journalist and a wrestling fan. I hit you up to say, look, I don't feel... I mean, all I am is, is a fan. I love going along and really enjoying it. I've not got experience in it. I don't feel any right to comment, particularly as a white male, to jump in and say, here's what's wrong or here's my answers. But I wanted to offer up a platform if you felt it was something that we could address. And you quite quickly and rightly identified that there's no benefit from an hour of sitting around going over gossip Mm -hmm. or or accusations Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But what could help is detailing the ways that these things can happen um, how they can be addressed, the the pros and cons of addressing them in different ways. So um, he, uh, you spoke to the police and yeah. the victim support a, a unit and, and charity as well and got a load of answers mm-hmm. and you uh, suggested that we have Susie along, who is a big part of the, 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 the internet wrestling community mm-hmm. um, and a blogger and writer and has a lot of experience in all this, um, and Vicky, who's part of the wrestling industry and also, again, has a lot of experience in all this and is a mother and and, and all this kind of... So it felt that this is a good now collection of people to kind of talk about this subject and try and provide some kind of guidance and help. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, what the plan is is t- 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 today, right? And essentially a, a safe place to have these... Discussions. I was saying beforehand, if I say anything that's stupid and comes from growing up as a white man, mm. tell me. Because mm. there was a, as, as, as Susie had a, a great article about consent, and there was a lot in there that was kind of, there was, it was from a man who was angry at being told he has to go to a, a, a consent, a, a lecture about consent. Mm. And it's a crazy outlook because if you already know everything, then you go and you get. A pat on the back yeah. for knowing the right things. But there's also stuff that you won't realise. And the example I always give is when I had um, a, a Jordan Gray on the podcast, who's mm-hmm. a trans woman, um, and I was asking her all these questions. I was all excited. And she kind of had to stop me at one point and go, Pip, just so you know, I can only answer for me. Yeah. Mm. There's not like a news, <laughs> newsletter that goes out yeah. to the trans community. Yeah. Here's the terms that are acceptable now. Genuinely, that hadn't crossed my mind. Yeah. I thought, oh, I can speak to a trans person and find out what's acceptable in the trans community. She was yeah, like, yeah. I can only speak for me. And that, that's a simple thing that I wouldn't have known if I hadn't had that interaction. I would have thought, I'm quite, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very liberal. I've got a lot of gay, straight, queer friends yeah. and it's fine. But you can always learn. There's always small bits that you might overlook. So I think that was the really important thing as well with us getting together to do this in the first place is that... I think a lot of people have been sharing things online with the very best of intentions. Mm -hmm. And that's the concern is that often times what you feel is the best thing to do, what I feel, you feel, anyone that's here today to talk about this feels 
they're not necessarily even if you've got the best intentions and you just want to protect people or you just want to put a stop to something it's it's not always right and i think that's why it's good that we're having this discussion here today but also i think it'll be nice to have the conversation on a wider scale so everybody in the community anybody that's listening to this talking about it with their friends anybody that's at a training anybody that's at a show during the interval can open these streams of conversation um because i i I really do believe that like communication is is the ultimate you know the ultimate here because how i explained when you first walked in my door with your extensive amount of equipment um was that I feel like I just like... wanted to show up small man I'm like alright you've got a podcast have you it's like my dying table's not big enough for all this stuff um, but no so I knew that we wanted to discuss it but similarly you know I think that there's a lot that we can all learn from from the discussion and what everybody that's listening can can learn from and, it and, and, and exactly that I think social media is a tough one particularly Twitter which is where a lot of this stuff will come out and does mm. come out mm. it's it's limited amount of characters and words, mm-hmm. so it's hard to get a clear point across. And quite unbelievably, understandably, it's an emotional topic, yeah. so people will react emotionally. Yeah. So someone can say something quite small. Like I, again, we're not going to we're not going to go into any specific cases or details because that's dangerous. Mm. That doesn't help anything. That could have a negative effect on a prosecution yeah. if there is a, pro- a prosecution to come because yeah. it can cause a widespread m- mudding of the waters and, yeah. and inaccurate a reporting and things like that. So we're not going to go into any specific things. But I, I, I remember when I fell down kind of the rabbit hole of it and it's a horrible yeah. rabbit hole to fall down. But I saw um, a wrestler was getting a lot of hate because he had said that if someone's guilty or not, he thinks social media sh- sh- shouldn't be the courtroom. Mm. And yeah. that was then seen as defending nonce or defending yeah. a pedo. And yeah. it shouldn't be. I can also yeah. see how that is possibly an error on the part of the wrestler because mm. it may feel someone who has taken a lot of time and strength to speak out now feels that they're being told off for speaking out. Yeah. And that shouldn't, again, it's why it's such a, a sensitive thing for yeah. such a public space which i think is why i felt like if we were going to sit down and do this i needed to go to the police and yeah. i needed to, to say to them so is this the right thing to do we need guidance on this because if we don't tell people that this person's a paedophile for example then are we leaving vulnerable people open to being abused by this person yeah um but similarly if this person's not done anything wrong and we've got a bitter ex-girlfriend for example i don't know you know i don't know any of the people that we saw online particularly um but if that comes out then what will what effect will that have on someone's right to a fair trial that really that really scared me because i thought you know what if someone turned around and said that i'd abused them and i knew that i hadn't and then all of a sudden, everyone rightly supports somebody that claims to be a victim or that is a victim because you want to make sure that everyone feels that they can speak openly. Yeah. But similarly, there's a, I just feel like there's a, a real fine line that we have to toe. And I feel like, you know, I had to go somewhere to get what are the right, using, you know, air quotes, the mm. right way of dealing with it. Yeah. And similarly, what I mean, it threw up a couple of surprises for me in terms of... You know, I, I, when I first saw these things, my initial thought was, why is somebody sharing this online? Why are they, why are they putting it out there? Why aren't they going to the police? Because I would go to the police. I feel like I would go to the police, but 
not everyone's me and not everyone reacts to, to things the same way as me and we can't look at every victim like how you would be if you were the victim and, or... and, and that's what's absolutely key and gets overlooked a lot is that it is all individuals and often again no ration should, should or could be expected in a, such a traumatic situation you can't sit there and say well that's not the no. sensible thing to do it's like well no you're not going to be in a sensible place if something horrific has happened to you and it you know? can feel really often like that's used to, to trap people. Like yeah. people will pick somebody's story apart and try and find the thing that says, oh, well, that doesn't seem like a normal reaction to me, to, to being a victim of, of X, Y or Z. But there is no such thing as a normal reaction no. to any of these things. And actually, silence breeds that kind of fear when people are afraid to talk about it for fear of upsetting someone or treading on someone's toes the more these things are kept under the carpet and and the harder it is Mm. to expose them and really solve them as problems yeah and i think you can see that quite clearly by the fact that it took one person to open the can of worms for that can of worms to spill out right it wasn't just somebody jumping on the bandwagon talking about that time they were abused it's like there's no bandwagon here this is about support right and about you know making people feel that if they do speak up, then they're not going to be attacked. And unfortunately, as you probably know, yeah. people are still being attacked. Yeah. So I think yeah. that any any support that we can give them so they don't feel that way... 100%. And I, I just want to say as well at the start, before we get deep into it, is our guest choices have been very conscious. We've not got anyone who has put forward an accusation mm-hmm. at present. And that's that, That's something that I instantly thought, oh, are people going to get angry? Why aren't you talking to this person or yeah. that person? But equally, we've not got anyone anyone to speak on behalf of the lads. Do you know what I mean? The boys, yeah. which again, would that would be the only way to make it fair because you would want that balance, but it's far too personal intense. So the key here is that n- none of us four have discussed any specific cases before we've started this. So... When we're being vague, it's not with a nod and a wink, and we all know we're speaking generally, and we're speaking outside of the wrestling industry as well. This is obviously the wrestling industry is something that's close to all of us because Mm -hmm. of a lot of friends and a lot of and and, and fandom. But all industries are having the domino effect at the moment. It's 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 going across the tattoo industry. Mm -hmm. The 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 obviously we've seen a lot in in Parliament and in the film industry, the music industry. Mm It's everywhere. So hopefully whilst this is, we've come together because of what's going on in British wrestling at the moment, it's also, you know, hopefully there's some, a lot of general information for, for if you work in an office, if you work, yeah. you know, in yeah. anywhere, in any situation, yeah. just because you're not in a job that has the public spotlight on you, it doesn't make it any less no. No. important or, or, exactly. or any more allowable. Mm-hmm. So, so where would you like to kind of... Of, of start with this i think that versus... it might be worth mentioning why we chose um to invite vicky and yes. susie along yes probably so for me as someone that saw all of this stuff going on and then i went to a wrestling show the weekend after it had happened and it was all anyone was talking about and it was like have you heard that so-and-so is a paedophile did you hear that so-and-so got raped and it became like a, a source of gossip i think from it's that. horrible, man. Oh, God, it's, it's horrible. Then it becomes a gossip worse, thing. Yeah. It becomes, and it, it, again, I, like, I found it when trying to look into it. All was I'm digging for details now. Yeah. I don't need details. No, I don't need yeah. them at all. Yeah. I, it, I, I, all I need to know is what has been accused. I don't need to know the ins and outs of it. Yeah. That's just that's that's grief porn kind yeah. of that yeah, kind yeah. of approach. Like, I don't need that. But mm. 
it's it's so easy to lose yourself in, and that's mm. it's ugly. So yeah, it is ugly, and I think that because we mentioned a little bit earlier that we felt like all of us, everybody in the wrestling community, and I think it's fair to say, and us, you know, we are a, an us. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been thrown into this shitstorm, right? If that's okay for me to say, um, and we're trying to navigate it. And when I was trying to navigate it, and not only come to terms with how I felt on the subject surrounding particular people or particular mm-hmm. promotions or whatever. It was to look for the sense in it because not the sense in the accusations, because I think there's a lot of things that are never going to make sense in terms of, you know, what people have gone through. Um, but to look for um, light and guidance on, okay, we know that people are going through this horrible thing now. Loads of people are affected. It's brought up, you know, historic bad feelings. For mm. So, for example... Susie, who is a great writer, she writes a blog, she's also trained, Um, she had written a piece on where to go to get support if you felt affected by this. That was the first thing that I saw that you'd written. And for me, I, I then started to question, are the people that are putting these claims out about something that's happened to them, are these victims or survivors getting the support that they need? And for me, it was important. That was a really intrinsic part of it. And it was the first thing I think we spoke about, Pip, yeah. was that the point of us being here was to give that kind of guidance and to see Susie sort of standing up and and not having any responsibility to doing it. You're not, you know, you're not somebody that you can pay to come and sit with and have guidance. You are a fan in this community that took the initiative to say, here's a bunch of stuff for people that are struggling and like for me I just thought that was such an important thing and that's why I suggested to Pip you know and I know that a a couple of my mutual friends were like have you seen Susie's posted this thing and so we came and had a little look and I just felt like that was really important um and then since you arrived this afternoon I know that you'd mentioned also that you're also a survivor of I mean we can probably touch upon it properly later because I don't know the ins and outs of what happened to you um but I know that you felt in the wrestling community that you could no longer be part of that because of something that happened to you at a show and I think that that's also important to talk about specifically because it's historic it's not something that happened last night it's not something that happened last week but it's still really super relevant and I think that that was also really important. And when you told me that, sorry, Pete. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, you, you, you're writing about that and addressing that. It was a year or so ago you wrote that piece, right? It, yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 it feels absolutely key because, again, women in wrestling in the ring and as wrestling fans has come leaps and bounds in the last few years. And that was kind oh, of definitely. a key thing to go, look, here's what it used to be. Here's how it is now it's still not perfect. Mm-hmm. There were people coming out and saying, yeah, I was at a show and someone was doing this. And one of the most heartwarming things I see regularly online on social media is people furious if one person at a show says anything inappropriate mm-hmm. to the women wrestlers, is disrespectful in any way, mm-hmm. or to other women in the crowd. So mm-hmm. it's great that people in the community are talking about that kind of thing and saying, look, here's, here's how how bad it can be, if you know what I mean. You know, yeah, yeah. if we just ignore it, if we go, oh, it's one person being a bit... It's like, no, here's here's how it mm. it can affect. Yeah, wrestling needs to... It, 
it needs to recognise that it's done a huge amount to come from where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in 2004, I stopped going to shows after an experience that I had that just meant that I didn't feel like I was either safe or welcome as a woman who wanted to go to shows by herself. Mm-hmm. Now, we've now come to the point where that's not the case and uh, people who are involved in Brett Rest will be fed up with the sight of my face at, at every show that they go to now. But <laughs> it's great that I can now do that. And there's lots of different things that happen to change that for me and make me feel like that environment wasn't as bad as it was. That's not to say that the environment is anywhere near not needing help anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think they're two very different things. So it is much better now. It is not socially acceptable anymore to harass women at shows. But it's 2018 and I can't believe that I'm still having to say that out loud. Mm-hmm. It's not acceptable to harass women at shows mm. now i was at a, a show last night where somebody had to be removed by the promoter because of harassing a woman at a show and it's 2018 yeah. how on earth is this possible that we're still having to have that conversation i'm delighted that we're only having to have it with one fan now as opposed to big legions of fans but i'm so disappointed mm. that that one fan still feels like they can come to wrestling shows mm. i think i'll probably speak for everyone really here not everyone that's listening i can't speak for everyone but like that you would still feel like you know you don't have to say it but you still say it that's like so valuable i just want you to know that i feel that that's really valuable as a as a woman that goes to shows on her own like the fact that you would still speak up and say it for the a millionth time and you'll say it for the a million and one time absolutely and that's super valuable so and that's the thing i always remember it's 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 the strange strange victories or strange moments of positive yeah. realisation. I remember when when Ireland in, in recent years and Australia, I think as well, legalised gay marriage. Mm. And it was a huge celebration, tons of wonderful yeah. posts. And I kind of did a post saying, I'm really struggling to celebrate this because why is this just happening? It happening? It's, it's yeah. great that it's happened, but it's just happened. Yeah. And But again, I then in, in the same post, I said, but I need to swallow that because there's a whole load of people who it means the world now because it has happened and that's that's the bit that counts um but again it's still okay to acknowledge it's like fuck why is it taken this long and it's the same with that it's it's great that it's one person now and not only is it one person it's one person and they're being identified and got got rid of again a few years back it might be one person that, that everyone kind of just puts their head down or looks mm, away. So yeah, it's good true. that it's coming along, but still, there's still someone in 2018 who thinks it's appropriate. Yeah. Exactly. And it's hard that. because I instinctively, and I'm sure as two other kind of strong, independent women, yeah. I just want to scream and shout at everyone mm, to yeah. behave better. Mm. And it's it's hard sometimes to pair that back and go, actually, maybe we do deserve a little bit of recognition for the improvements that we've made. Mm. Sure. It's it's not my instinct because my instinct is just to scream and shout that it's still not good enough mm. that that you know that I'm involved in an organisation that allocates friends to women at shows so that they don't have to go by themselves. And mm. again, I come back to the fact that it's 2018, mm. and yet we do that because it helps. And you know, it's it's great that we now have things like that, or we have people who understand that they need to do that to people at shows. What that doesn't do is really help the wrestlers, the trainees, the other people that we've seen very recently that are more affected by this kind of behaviour. Yeah, and I think that was part of the reason, apart from the fact that she's just, I just really wanted you to come to my house, that we had (laughs) Vicky Haskins on, um, was because I know that you did that sort of brilliant British thing of being like, right, this shit is happening, how are we going to make this better? You sort of like really went went on it. And I think that, when Susie just mentioned about, you know, 
the for the the wrestlers and not only fans and for not only women but for the people that are involved in wrestling or that go to shows trainees i know that it's important to you isn't it to make sure oh, that they God, get yeah. the right guidance i mean at the moment i mean for a very long time there's been very little support and for training schools and for trainees um a lot of training schools don't have crb checks so yeah. from a parental point of view you are sending your kid off to on a wednesday or a sunday night or whatever training with people that you don't know are safe i'm sure some of them are but obviously for what's come out some of them yeah. obviously not so they yeah. need to kind of be informed now um how to safeguard their training schools inform people of types of abuse because if they know more about the types of abuse then they can prevent it for them for themselves and for others as well mm. and this is also where you know we get um anxiety and depression and all that kind of thing this is where this all comes from for um instances that people are going to these uh training schools and training with people who they feel are safe and they feel as especially as a young person if you're under 18 you want to put yourself in there and feel like you're 100% safe and you're going to learn and you're there to do nothing but flourish in whatever you want to do in wrestling whereas now it's blocked by these circumstances that are coming yeah. up so I think we need to first and foremost show people okay these are the types of abuse these are the signs and symptoms of how people deal with it you know some people deal with it completely different to others and I think if we just keep informing people of how to deal with it and what to look out for then we can all work together and we can kind of positively go forward mm. rather than at the moment which which is happening on social media of oh this person's been called out this person's been called out and like you're saying it's gossip and gossip yeah. is going to get us nowhere and that's not helping anything and I also think it's worth highlighting that it's a lot of the sh- sh- shortfallings are it's not through anyone being nasty or cynical. It's a victim of its own success in the, and it strikes me an example outside this is, is, is with progress, how that got big really quick. And they suddenly had to realize, Oh, we need to have a and E like we need to have, have yeah. or something there. Cause yeah. we've got to that, that level. And it's similar with a lot of the wrestling schools mm-hmm. that they were at one point, a few mates are training. And then one or two of their mates have become yeah. international stars yeah. and suddenly they've got a business. Exactly. So it's not that they're, they've intentionally been lax, but they might not have known that they need to have CRB check and all these other things. It's because exactly. it's suddenly gone, oh, you're now being talked about all around the world as a great a wrestling school. You're like, the instant reaction is, wicked. Yeah. Let's go. It might not be, oh, how do I make this a professional? What yeah. safety? And that's where this can help to say, mm. no, you do have to do all that. You do yeah. have to take these precautions and not having to go at anyone, but the fucking, the, the flags are up now. Yeah. It shows that this is necessary. So everyone has to take this action. That's it. When it feels like it's an unregulated, sorry, it is an unregulated industry. Yeah. So there is no, there is no board of standards for wrestling training schools anywhere in the world, let alone in the UK. When you look at some of the American sort of, but sort of college level classes and stuff, they tend to have codes of conduct and stuff. And whilst they're very much, you know, shake hands, make friends, be nice to all of you, there also is, you know, there's some rules and regulations in there about the kind of conduct that they expect. And it covers things like CRB checks and background checks for staff and what's expected in terms of payment and lots of these different things. The thing is where we have this unregulated industry in here, it does mean that it leaves itself really open for people who want to use it to commit crime. Mm-hmm. They can kind of come in and actually, they don't need any particular form of qualifications. They don't need to be set up in any particular way. They need 
a Twitter account mm-hmm. and yeah. maybe yeah. you know some, yeah. they don't even need a wrestling ring they need some mats and like a room exactly. and, and they need what? to be able to talk yeah. but this yeah. is it they need to be able to talk the talk but actually you know it, it's it's such a big industry that it, it does mean that people can come in and, and use that as a kind of backdoor and that, as a parent that's terrifying it is yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. terrifying and this is what as this when this came out I was sat in bed next to Mark going I need to do something about this I need to do I feel like now I'm kind of like the mother hen of the locker room because I go in there and they're all so young mm. and I forget they're so young <laughs> because they're so talented and they're, they're such yeah, mature yeah. people but they are so young and I feel that you know some of the people have come out I just want to I want to help and exactly what, what you've been saying is it's unregulated and I think you know what me and Mark are currently working on is we want to make an organisation that will help regulate everything yeah. working with training schools yeah. you know tell them what legislation they need to read up on what policies and procedures they need to you know know about in order to create this safe environment for people and also for exactly what you said parents point of view for a pe- if Jack or Lily wanted to go to a training school now luckily I'm in the industry so I kind of I know people and I, I have trust within people, but if I wasn't and I was looking upon it now, there's no way I would go, okay, yeah, I'm going to send you off there on a Sunday for four yeah. hours on your own. No. I, I go, okay, I, I need to know for peace of mind of me, I know that my child is going to be safe. Um, I, I want to know that there's somebody there that I can talk to that will support my child, yeah. that knows all the legislation, that knows the policies, that if, if there's something going on there, like bullying, cyber bullying mm. or anything like that, or for you know, abuse that we've heard of, there's someone in those training schools that they can talk to yeah. and they can go, right, this has happened. What do I do next? I don't want to go straight to the police. That's fine. You can take these measures. You know, if we communicate with each other, then everything is just going to be so much more simple. And that's a great idea, the setting up of something that schools can come to to get that guidance yeah. from. Because, again, the fact is, in your situation, you and Mark... Can, can kick the shit out of most of the people in their locker rooms anyway. <laughs> so it's, it's not as much of a fear or risk for you guys, but that isn't the case f- for everyone. It should, yeah. should be that safety. In, in mixed martial arts in the UK, where, it, again, it grew quickly, and there was a lot of individual organisations, a group came together to be able to provide blood testing mm. and proper mm. physicals and checks so yeah. that they knew that if you're... Because, again, it's, it's not easy. If you're putting on an event in front of, of 60 people, mm. you can't... If they're saying, oh, here's all the extra things that you need to do, it's like, well, we're only doing it in front of six. Like, it's really hard. Or if you're yeah, a small yeah, school, here's all the stuff you need to do. It's yeah. like, well, if, but, but if you can go, we're the UK representation, we're, we'll help you with that. Yeah. Just come to us and we'll tell you where to get your checks, what the minimum and maximum that you can do, the scale of what you can do. Yeah. Here's a little box of things that you need to do yeah. in an English that you need exactly. to take yeah. off. It's, yeah. not, it's not expensive. Like CRB checks are 60 to 70 quid per yeah. person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, they come within about, what, four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. So it, they just you just need to find somewhere that you can go to for that. And some, like I said, you need to read up on the legislation as well. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be dealing with people under the age of 18, yeah. you need to be able to legally look after them for yeah. one. Yeah. And you need to prove that, you know, you're a safe person. If you prove that you're a safe person as a trainer or as somebody who runs a training school, then your training school will therefore be safe. Yeah, 100%. The NSPCC has got quite a lot of guidance on that, hasn't it, yeah. if you see? Yeah. yeah, I've been going on that because uh, they make a website. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because they just, they offer so much support for, because when I was talking to, so I spoke to the Detective Chief Inspector of the Public Protection Unit at the West Midlands Police, I only did that because he's my local 
Yep. You know, officer, he's the guy that I would call if I had concerns. His name's Des Lambert, Des with a Z, which I thought was very street. Wow. Um, lovely Des, he wow. was smashing. He had so much time to talk about it because he obviously investigates crime involving vulnerable people, including sexual offences and offences against children of a sexual nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also investigates any complaints made against his officers. So when people say... You know, I don't feel like you took me seriously, which I think is a thing that people feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he's the guy that you go to to sort that out. So that's amazing because I again, like he was one of the biggest things that stops um, survivors or victims or whatever the terminology is that they'll feel, oh, it can't go anywhere. It, you know, this happened. There's there's nothing we can do about yeah. it. And uh, again, in 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 these cases in the industry, but in in anywhere in a yeah. nightclub, in yeah. a on, on a night out, that feeling of it's not worth it. Um, and again, it's where we were discussing this before we um, started, but one of the keys in these situations is it's the choice of the survivor or the victim, how they deal with this. Mm, a problem yeah. that we have with a lot of social media stuff now is it's it's telling people how they should react to these things. Mm. It's saying, well, you should be standing up or you should. And it's like, that's great if you can, but not everyone can yeah. and not everyone chooses to. Um, equally, I think... It's a struggle that a lot of the industry is having at the moment is people saying, well, <coughs> you must have known or you must have known or this and that. It's not always as simple as that either. I've, no. I've, I've had personal experience where someone really close to me confided in me in something of this nature and it killed me to not go to the police or to not get a baseball bat and go and beat someone up. But their choice was they wanted to move on. Yeah. They, they wanted to get... And, their choice is the only one that matters. Mm. It's not up to anyone else. Mm. And I know that the sleepless nights I had and n- nothing compared to what they've experienced. So again, you can't kind of argue that, but that's a thing that I think one of the reasons we've not got anyone, any of the lads from the locker room, whatever to come in and defend anything like this, because people get so defensive and so mm. paranoid and mm. they're going to be beating themselves up over stuff of sh- should I have known yeah. should this or that, but or is everyone is everyone thinking? Oh, I was in on it. So that's not yeah. for for those guys who are thinking that, and for the people who are assuming outside. It's not as simple as that. It's no. it's such a complex thing, and it's yeah. That was the thing that surprised me when I spoke to Des actually, because I kind of had this idea in my head that like you know posting on Twitter that you've been abused isn't the right way of doing it, and so I sort of said to him, I was like, you know, what is the right way of doing it? Because it's obviously not posting it on Twitter, and he was like, no, no, no. However anybody chooses to deal yeah. with it yeah. is the way that they should deal with it. Completely. And if they feel like they can tell it to a couple of hundred people that follow them on Twitter, but not the police, yeah. then that's their way of dealing with it. 100%. And we have to accept and respect that. But again, it's trying to get the, the it's trying to explain the full consequences of it. Because yeah. the fact is, a social media announcement, again, there's no mistaking that can have huge impact. That can really work. We've seen... We have a lot of the Weinstein stuff and the, the whole Me Too movement has been yeah. amazing for pulling people apart and it's all been through social media. But equally, social media is fickle yeah, and it's a short burst. So it might do you damage to announce it and put it out there and then in a week everyone's moved on to someone else's case or someone else's situation and suddenly you're feeling that you've, you've been abandoned and that's where yeah. it's like there are options of further than that of talking to the police of talking to, to people like this or victim support rather than just going I feel I really poured my heart out and everyone cared for a, 
a week or two. Because again, yeah. the reality is most of these internet communities we don't we've not actually all met. Yeah. So it is yeah. easy to Absolutely. move on. Yeah. It is yeah. easy to go. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. And then next week, have you heard what Trump's done? Yeah. This is you know you're instantly it's that's the world that we live in now. So it's it's a worrying thing there of making sure that however people do choose to go mm. about it, they're they're supported. Yeah. in all the other ways as well. Well, they know that that isn't the only option. Do yeah. you know what I mean? If you've, yeah. if you've spoken out that way, that's not, oh, you've made your choice now. Yeah, yeah. You can, there's many other. And also, just because you tell people about it online and then everyone does forget about it, it doesn't then mean that you aren't living with the repercussions of that of course, ever happening course, to you in the first place. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that in 10 years' time, you can't turn around and be able to say, I'm making the decision to report this to the police yeah. because that will still be taken seriously. Like, I made them promise me that they would still take it seriously, no matter how long it had been. And I think that it will probably be quite good, really, for us to talk about the implications of people calling people out online for for things um, that they, they, they believe this person or they know in themselves that this person has done. So while the police have said that the best way to deal with it is through the proper investigative channels, I think there's... There's like a real element, particularly it's it's kind of twofold really because we've got we've got abuse and then we've got abuse on children or yeah. you know child abuse, which is has got its own separate set of laws yeah. and legislation, right? So everybody that, regardless of how old they are, that's that's been a victim of sexual offences are, are entitled to anonymity. The yeah. second you put that out there online, you've effectively waived that right. Yeah. Now that might affect you in the future it might not you know that's a a decision that you have to weigh up but if you go to the police first and tell them about it they can offer you with the support of organizations the guidance to whether that's the right choice for you and i think that people can be really angry when something happens to them or if they see something that's happened to someone else and it's sparked fury within them and they remembered something that happened to them and they're yeah. They're angry about it or, you know, they've seen somebody that's been abused by the same person that they were abused by and they get really angry. I think that, you know, lashing out is totally, totally understandable. And the only concern with that could be that there's a potential that that might affect criminal proceedings later. Yeah. Because when when I was talking to Des, he mentioned that even though jurors, you could, so you could report this person to the police, a bunch of other person, people have reported this individual to the police and it goes to court and we're in the courtroom with the jurors 12 jurors and even though by law they can't go home and google you but let's Mm. say this is a particular wrestler and we're all acknowledging now that wrestling's like more impactful than it's ever been people know people's names more particularly now they're on tv you know they're on our tv now this is bonkers (laughs) um but because of that it might prejudice a jury and a jury's decision um and while it's easy not to care about the person that's been accused, particularly if you're like, well, I believe them to be a rapist anyway, everybody in this country's got a right to a fair trial, right? Yeah. And even though that's not the important thing in this, because the victim's always the most important thing, but similarly, putting this stuff out there could mean that a case gets thrown out and that you don't get the justice that you deserve. And I think... Because social media is right there in your pocket and you can tweet about it in 140 characters or however many you're allowed now, super fast. That little tiny moment in your life could affect the rest of your life forever. And that that frightens me. That that was the thing that frightened me initially, particularly seeing people posting stuff about, you know, about this 15-year-old girl's been attacked or, you know, 
that frightened me because instantly as a journalist that has always been taught, you know, you don't name an offender, you don't name children in these kind of situations. It instantly jarred with me. I don't know Mm. if that's how you felt, particularly as parents. You guys are parents. Yeah, I think for me, like like I said before, it's just when you hear of these people, some people you know, some people you don't, you just automatically think, oh my God, you know, what can I do as a parent? You just want to solve the problem. Yeah. For me, it was kind of thinking that first, then later thinking what you are saying now mm-hmm. of this could really fuck up a trial, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. really, yeah. really could. And I think you need to think about everyone is, you know, everyone deserves a, a, a fair trial and that's that's right. But you also need to think about the support of them as well as yep. the other person because they could be wrongfully accused. I'm not saying yep. people are. I'm, I'm not standing up for anybody or... or you know, pointing the finger at anybody, but they could be wrongfully accused. And what do we do if they are wrongfully yeah. accused? You know, so going to the police or going to the NSPCC or, or calling um, one of these fantastic helplines up, they will help you with the process of it. Rather, it's it's better to do it that way than it is to go on social yeah. media because, like you say, you, you're so easy to tweet. Hundred forty characters, and, and and that's a great point because, again, the the fact it is a fact that people will be wrongly accused of things that shouldn't put anyone off from coming forward. Because that's always the panic of stating anything like that is going to make people go, that's what keeps young girls quiet. Because, oh, it won't, everyone will just think I'm lying. Everyone will think I've made it. It's like, the best place to get that cleanly across across is with the authorities. With, you know, social media, there is going to be people defensive backing this or backing backing up their friend. I know a wrestler who who I'm, I'm a fan of and a friend with. I was, was, disappointed in one of his tweets because he lashed out initially of yeah. someone going oh you liar or whatever else yeah. so he then deleted that and removed that but it's still like that stuff like that happens i think the sarah silverman's statement on louis ck was one of the most articulate and perfect things where she said i'm sad for the victims i'm disgusted i'm shocked that my friend would do this but also i'm sad because someone i love yeah. has done this mm-hmm. and is going through this now and is it and they're okay to have both those feelings that's why yeah. it's that thing of uh, people will react in defense and think oh that's bullshit i know this guy you don't know no, no. do you know what i mean anyone can have anything and it's that weird thing of as soon as someone acts in anger or emotion mm-hmm. they're then bl- bl- blacklisted in this way or bunched in again that's the thing that's the, yeah. the worst for me is in one of, of, of your articles, uh, uh, Susie, you were saying that there's not variations of, of, of rape or such. Like rape, uh, uh, sexual assault is yeah. sexual assault. Yeah. And, and again, that's completely right. But then the, there's stuff that all gets bunched in together that, mm-hmm. oh, this wrestler was backing him or this and that. It's like, well, that's, that's shit. That needs to be addressed. They need to be called out. But that's not anywhere near as bad as what this horrible person did. That's yeah. the real. That's the thing that should be yeah. the focus and the worry. And it can get so murky in the waters of mm. social media. Of now we're boycotting this person or that yeah, person, yeah. things like that. It's like ooh. that's the thing with social media. Everyone's going to have an opinion. So you you could say um, you are you know I'm disgusted in my friend, or you could say oh no he would never do that, or you know you could stand up for them, or yeah. you could stand up for the victim. But social media, you're going to have an opinion. I think people just need to go take their opinions away from it and go, right, how can I support it? Yeah, and have a conversation face-to-face, right? So to kind of uh, 
look at the other side of that a little bit, I think one of the criticisms that we see from wrestling fans at the moment is uh, that there is an awful lot of silence from the industry, yeah. mm. whether it be promoters, wrestlers, trainers, training schools, you name it. Yeah. Aside from the couple of things that we've mentioned where people have maybe, you know, have, have made non-specific statements, there are not an awful lot of people out there who've come out and actually said anything. Yeah. Whilst, obviously, everything that you've just said, Kirsty, is completely correct about it is, it's not always helpful. It can prejudice cases. And I also understand that for some of these people, they're being asked to look at friends and colleagues and people that they've known for a really long time in a very different light. Yeah. And that can be impossibly hard to look at someone that you've known for 5, 10, 15 years and go, I, I, there's a realistic possibility that you did this horrible yeah. thing and I have to reconcile the fact that I've shared a car with you for six hours once a week yeah. for a year, and, and, but you might be this person. And that can't always be an instant thing. Of course Again, not. That's um, really difficult. A, a, a Greta Gerwig, who I've, I've got coming on the podcast soon, she made a statement recently about working with Woody Allen and she avoided the question in a lot of interviews before that and people were getting quite angry and when she made her statement it was reasoned and thought out and she had to go to war with herself over it because it was someone that she learned a lot from and now she decided I don't I wish I hadn't Mm. I'd rather not I will never work with that person again this that but I was pleased that someone was Again, or wasn't allowed the time because until she made a statement, everyone was like, "Well, how can she speak on anything?" But she took the time to make that tough decision and had to battle with it, and then come to that decision. I think that's the case with a lot of of the promotions sure. as well. Obviously, yeah. you guys will know people at Fight Club, Pro, at Progress, at all of these, and the ones that I know, I know number one, they're fucking heartbroken. Number two, they're taking there. action behind the scenes. But number three. It is risky when it's there's risks of liable. There's risks of, as you said, of affecting and on, any ongoing cases. It's tough. But go ahead. Go ahead I think because um, again, how we mentioned that things in wrestling have gone from here's a bunch of people that I know that I see on a weekly basis to oh my god, this person's now a legitimate business and this this has happened. I think that <coughs> you know what I felt was really important was to go to one of the promoters and ask for a statement on it because I think that people are can tweet them and be like you must have known you must have known that this was happening you must have you know you've got guys in your locker room that have been accused and so i thought in the interest of clarity that i would go to progress and ask them for a form formal statement which i'll read out the beta if that's all right um so the statement that i got from the management of progress jim john and glenn um was at progress our first priority will always be the safety and well-being of everyone both in the audience and behind the scenes we have a zero tolerance policy for abuse or harassment in any form and we'll always take any accusations of it seriously whilst approaching such accusations through the correct channels to ensure the safety and happiness of everybody involved in our company, anybody involved in our company, rather, outside or inside of the ring. If required, we will always assist the authorities with anything that they need. Abuse should never be tolerated and we will do whatever we can to give it no place in professional wrestling. Mm. I think that it's hard because because everything's been so out there on social media to want these people, promoters and wrestlers to speak up and say, you know, I don't believe in this, this is wrong, these pedos are terrible or whatever. And I think, like, because we've seen everything else play out that way, I think we want that from them. But I also think that just because we can't see everything 
that they're doing behind the scenes to ensure that this doesn't happen doesn't necessarily mean it's not happening it's a difficult no, one isn't that, it yeah yeah that's and that's a really important point to make but it it is just it's super hard it's super hard to not be on the inside of the industry, to be looking at it from the outside, at this thing that you love so much, that you spend so much of your time in, that you're so invested in, and wondering where the leaders are that are going to make a change that means that that you feel like it's a safe environment yeah. for you, that you're not concerned about the safety and the welfare of the wrestlers and the trainees that you're watching in these promotions. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a frustration. I can understand that it's difficult for them on so many levels of, of because of personal relationships, because they're trying to stay on the right side of the law. And, and that's a minefield that they don't really know how to navigate. Nobody, nobody does unless you, you know, specifically trained. And even then it's a minefield if you, if you know those things. Mm. I, I think that there's a big portion of the wrestling kind of fan community that's just looking for some kind of leadership and reassurance that, that this is not okay. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's, it's an interesting one. And that statement is, is, is great to hear because the thing that I saw when, you know, I mentioned it when I first spoke to you, Kirsten, you were speaking to the progress guys at that time about what they could do. You speaking to Vicky about what everyone was seeing, what they could do. And the thing I quite like that again, it's all individual choices of how you address these things and how you approach them online. But, (laughs) I quite like that progress is the only one where I know the guys at, but they were going, right, what can we do? Rather than what, rather than making it about them as such. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Rather than yeah. what, what, we need to make a statement to show what nice guys we are. They've kind of gone straight to, we need to take action. Yeah. That no one needs to know. It's not about telling everyone what nice things we're doing, but we need to get people off the roster. Oh, we need to look into this. We need to look into that. And again, it is that tough thing as well of, because of the way social media goes, who do you take off the roster? Mm-hmm. Do you take off the person accused? Do you take off the person who supported them? Do you take the person who people think knew, but you don't know? Do you know what I mean? It's like, you can't yeah. suddenly go, right, everyone's gone. Or, or, you or, can't just close, close the company until we figure it out. Start again. I mean? <laughs> so it is a tough one. and But equally, I completely understand everyone who's angry about yeah. any, yeah. any a, a lack of voice or lack of commitment. Because, again... It's not a rational subject. It's not somebody you can say, the right logical choice is to not make a statement because of... Again, libel's a a great point. All these people in the last two years have become big trading businesses or big in name kind of thing, if if nothing else. So it's dangerous if there's an ongoing case, if something hasn't been solved. You can't... If you speak out, you you risk a lot. and, And that doesn't... That's not selfish. That's that's saying it's risking a lot for the industry, for 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 future cases. Do you know what I mean? If 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 one screws everyone over, then it's tough to speak out against others. Because do you know what I mean? If, if these if these legal approaches are taken, um, if I can cite one tweet from a wrestler though that I thought just put this absolutely beautifully, and it was one that I cited online before um, from Zack Saber Junior, who. Oh, yeah. We all know is you know is is pretty outspoken about this kind of thing anyway. But his tweet said, "There are no justifications for sexual violence. Obviously, the issue is wider than pro wrestling. But I am a pro wrestler, and this is my industry. So my immediate concern is making our scene a safe environment for all involved. There are no excuses, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that's perfect. Yeah. I think that's it, you know, I think that's a really good way of saying what needs to be said, but not looking at individuals or individual cases. You know, that's kind of that's my wrestling." That's 100%. what I'm interested in. That's the community that I'm involved in. It's a community that stands behind that message and goes, there is no excuse for this mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. 
hundred percent, and not uh, n- not to sound as if I'm defending anything, anyone, but it's far easier to make an individual statement than to make a statement as a business, a statement as a yeah. as an organ as, as speaking on behalf of a load of people. That's perfect. I want more people coming out and speaking. If now again, I take that back actually because it's everyone's individual a, cho- a choice. People deal with things differently. People. The, the reason, like the first thing I said to you, Kirsten, was look. I'll stay the fuck out of this if I can't help. I don't want to be some kind of look. Here's what I think, guys. I'm putting my hand up and making it about me. It's like, look, if I can provide a platform, then that's great. If not, I'll sit back and kind of hope, (laughs) hope these things, you know, are resolved in in decent ways. But yeah, yeah, I think there's probably also a bit of a discussion about. So I know because Zach is obviously super right on and. And he's just so articulate. He puts his point across really, really well. Brilliant. But I think it's also probably worth touching upon um, what constitutes a crime because sometimes it's not about sexual violence and it's not about, you know, someone forcing you into doing something you don't want or penetration, for example. These things aren't necessarily what constitute a crime. And so what I did when I went to the police about it is I put put some thoughts to them. Is this a crime? If someone does this to me, or to you, or to anyone, a child, yeah. mm-hmm. is does that constitute a crime? And I think that one really overarching thing that he said <coughs> that stuck with me was that if you feel bad about something that's happened and you're unsure, did I consent to that? Did I not? Was I flirting? Did I go there in a tiny bra top? Did I, you know, pinch his bum earlier on in the day? Do I? Is there a consent here? If you feel bad, odds on, something's not right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think we could probably all say that. Yeah, yeah. and so there are like things that you can do if you are unsure about that. In terms of you don't want to find out a place and go, I've been raped or whatever. If mm. you don't feel comfortable doing that, or if it's been the fact that someone has um, you've been you know in a training session, someone's kissed you and you didn't want to kiss them, and you don't want to kiss them, and they forced you into kissing, that's still sexual assault. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. still sexual assault. And so I think that what I did is I put a couple of things to um, Des Lambert at the police, just a couple of of thoughts, and and said to him, like, you know, if people are feeling bad about these things happening to them, even if it's not like, you know, I've been raped in a dark alleyway Mm. or whatever, is is there still cause for complaint, right? And I think that if you feel bad... There's probably cause for complaint, yeah. and yeah, you can definitely. call. You know, if you if you're under eighteen, you can call Childline, for example, um, and get some guidance there. Even if you phone um, one hundred and one and speak to a police officer about it, or if you confide in someone else in the community, and you can talk about it the same way as we're talking around the table today, or you just sit down and have a cup of tea and you say, you know, this thing happened. I don't really feel that cool about it. I'm starting to think that maybe something's not right. This guy's been accused of things before. I he didn't rate me but I still feel bad what what can I do I think if you can encourage your friends to have those kind of conversations with you Mm. not on Twitter necessarily but if you can have those conversations offline or you can speak to someone at a show and which I think it's probably why it's so important to have things like the girl gang where people can you know you can find somebody to confide in that isn't necessarily your mum and she's not going to tell you off for going to shows on your own or whatever (laughs) and you can have those kind of like conversations of saying you know is this is this right? Something doesn't feel right about it. Then at least together you can explore the avenues of of how to report that or to act on it. So, for example, one of the things that I asked was about nude photos because yeah. this is a this was yeah. a thing. So, for example, if some dude says to you, "Send me a photo," and you're 
17, you know, 18 or under, because that's yeah. still that's a new child, adult, yeah. right? So if you're 17 or 14 or 13 or whatever, and some person, dude, woman, anyone, asks you to share a picture of yourself... Obviously, you don't have to ever do anything that you don't want to do, but it is an offence to take, show, share, distribute or possess indecent images of a child under 18. <laughs> Generally, if you're both 16 and you've sent, you're have sent, in a relationship and you've sent a guy a photo of yourself or a girl a photo of yourself, you're breaking the law, technically. Yeah. It's right. against yeah. the law yeah. to have those photos, to share them, to distribute them. It's, it's against the law, but the law, as Des Lambert told me, is there to protect children it's, yeah, they're not going to throw you in the slammer for sending nudes to your boyfriend if you're both 17 yeah. um but if an adult requests a nude image from you or anyone under 18 there may be an offense there because you're inciting a child to engage in sexual activity yeah. that's not okay yeah. and if if someone's asked you to send photos of yourself or you've you know sent them that person could get in trouble for that yeah. if you yeah. and if you feel bad about that Phone the phone the police. Yeah. Phone Childline. Phone somebody to talk to them about that. Again, um, having those conversations and making those inquiries. It doesn't have to be yeah. a oh, I'm going to prosecute someone. No, you yeah. can you can it, no. it can be an inquiry. Of, yeah. is, is this okay? It's an it's a weird one because in in wrestling there's there's a physical element. There's outfits and stuff like that. Yeah. No trainer needs to see you in your outfit. No trainer needs... If anyone is saying, oh, we need you to send a picture to get an idea... Of what your no, body you looks don't. like or whatever. Come down. Come yeah. down to training and mm. engage and be part of it. You don't... Anyone claiming that, it's... it's That's not... No. That's not true. No. It's not right. It's not acceptable. Don't S- be kind of hoodwinked Similarly, if an adult sends nudes to a child, mm. it could be an offence, as it could be engaging in sexual conversation with a child. Yep. Um, if you send nudes and someone's blackmailing you or threatening you so you've sent nudes to this person um and it was all in good jest and everybody was having a really nice time and then that person says well now i've got this power over you and if you don't do this for me i'm gonna show everyone and if you don't do this sexual favor for me i'm gonna show everyone that's that's child sexual exploitation yeah um and that needs reporting too yeah um and i think that that's important to reiterate and that's the case of 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 any age as well, right? If 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 if, if you're using nudes to then blackmail or ex- exploit again, that doesn't matter if you're a child or a grown up or anything. If yeah. someone is then saying, "I'm going to show everyone this unless you do this," that that's 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 yeah. illegal. That, yeah. That's, yeah. that's not exactly. Yeah. You can't. If you feel bad and yeah. something doesn't feel right, there's probably a cause for a complaint yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that. Because another thing, I'm always like, another thing that Des said to me when I was on yeah. the phone to Des, <laughs> yeah. another I'm, thing that Des said... I'm was, hearing the Z every time Des I say yeah. it as well, I love it. But another thing that he mentioned was that as soon as you send anyone a nude photo of yourself, you hand over control of that, whether you're an adult or a yeah. child. And while there's loads of fun to be had, potentially mm. in consensual adult conversations of a sexual nature, as soon as you've done that, you've you kind of hand over power and I think that's a conversation that needs to be had because is, is that something you want to leave yourself open to? And yeah. that's, I mean, I think that's key as well to, to, to touch upon and address that if it's someone that you're in that kind of relationship or engagement with, then there's nothing wrong with that. There shouldn't no, be about shaming yeah, people, no. sharing nudes with someone they like or no, whatever else. Yeah. You could do any of that. It infuriates me when st- st- stuff gets leaked yeah. and people are like, well... 
or what do you expect if you're sending nudes? You're consenting adults. Yeah. You can do what the fuck you like. Yeah. You can enjoy yeah. it. You shouldn't be feel, oh, you you were asking for it. You were asking for that. It's like, no. Even if you both shared consensually and it was agreed and friendly, if at any point they then turn that into a bargaining tool or anything else, yeah. they're in the wrong. There's yeah. no, oh, yeah. it's my own fault. I shouldn't have sent it. No, you've got the right to send yeah. anything you want if you if you so choose to. Yeah. Again, it's worth having an air of caution yeah. in, in those situations, but you've got a right. And that yeah. doesn't mean that they then, uh, as I, yeah, it's my own fault. No, it's not never, your fault. No, never. It's never your fault. No, it's not. And this is where I think that the dynamics of power around wrestling become, I'm going to use interesting in, in a really strange way, but mm. it's interesting to think of in this in this particular way because some of the things that some of the stories that we hear, some of the things that we've kind of read about in the last few weeks have very much been about people who are in a position of power in wrestling, Mm. using that power inappropriately with people. And the thing is that that can happen in so many different ways, whether that is a trainer-trainee relationship, irrespective of whether that trainee is a new trainee, a really established person who is still training but a wrestler, whether that person is a child or an adult. I would argue that the, the power dynamics in there would always personally would always give me cause for concern but should always make people think a little bit about exactly what they're being asked for and why and how people are attempting to use that power to coerce people into doing things that they don't necessarily really want to do or if they were in a different situation and that power dynamic wasn't there they would not do and 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 that's one of the key things there as well because one of the backlash arguments is always like what or that men will say, so you can't meet in the workplace anymore, and stuff like that. It's like, you might meet someone and you're in that close proximity in a relationship build, so on and so forth. It's not saying that. It's saying, show caution in those situations. It's not saying that all... all, Because, again, a trainer and trainee could form a relationship. They're in a close bond or whatever else. But, again, it just all it's saying is, take caution in that situation. Have a look at that situation. Use extra... A second guess yourself a bit make sure that everything that you're exchanging or feeling or whatever else isn't to do with the power dynamic that you've got in that situation do you know what I mean yeah I I mean I think I may become I may be a little bit more staunch in the in the fact that I think that wrestling schools are a reasonably common place now and there's enough of good ones out there to say that actually if you want to get into a relationship that's trainer trainee maybe go train somewhere else 100% yeah that's a great point like it's not it's not impossible to do like it might have been different 10 years ago where you were having to drive 75 miles to a school but it's not like that and the good point there is that then removes the power element absolutely that stops it being safer for everybody I like you let's not make this a work thing I'm going to go and train over here and we can do what we want and then you know it it, it then it's if nothing else it's a good a test right test to see that it's genuine and the other person's genuine they're not just going it's another one of my trainees oh you know if it's someone who's in that area that sleazy world it's like oh this is what I do it's like Right, well, you don't get to do that. No, because let's not forget that there's there's another transaction that takes place here, and that's that you pay for wrestling training. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and how how does that work? You know, again, we, we, you know, we hear some examples of people going, you know, if you if you do x y and z you won't need to pay for this session or it'll be cheaper or you remove those risks remove those risks this is not it's not really rocket science but you can remove that kind of element by saying actually you you know as as you know if i was running a training school 
trainers and trainees don't have those kind of interpersonal relationships. If you want to do that, the trainee goes and trains trains somewhere else. If they're already in a pre-established relationship, maybe that could be a little bit different. But I think those exceptions can be treated as exceptions and and not as the given rule. We're adults, theoretically. Because how did... I know you mentioned earlier about your own um, starting out, really, your own beginnings in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I started out um, when I was 16 and... I, I wanted to be in wrestling. I never wanted to be a wrestler per se, but I wanted to be in the wrestling business since I was 11, 12 years old. And no one I knew liked wrestling or knew of wrestling. It was really bizarre. I was the only one. So I was in quite a vulnerable position because when I came across the person who was going to then become my trainer, um, it was just the start of a bad uh, relationship because he saw that as a an easy target. I when I when I first met my trainer I was I was 15 and he was 17 years older than me and he was the only person who ever spoke to me about wrestling so for me this was fantastic as a 16 year old I was so excited this is you know this is the first person I can actually talk to about wrestling this is great and saying this is what I want to do in my life and not be laughed at and that was the first time I was not laughed at so I built up some trust with this person and then it's a, hindsight is a beautiful thing because at the time when you're 16 you don't realise this and I had no aware of sexual abuse um, I my parents kind of sheltered me from a, a lot in life it was oh that won't happen to you you know this doesn't happen to nor- like normal people mm-hmm. and because of that mentality I was completely unaware of what was happening to me how I was being treated and this is kind of how I feel some of the people are feeling in wrestling at the moment are very, very young people, like you say, 15 year olds, maybe some younger have been in the position of mentally, I'm a lot older. I'm not really 15. Mm. I want to be an adult and I want to be in this business, which is a great attitude to have, but it's having that trust broken with a training school. And that, that's what happened to me. You know, I got into a training school and I was asked by the guy to, who then later became, um, in a relationship with which is just another story for another time but um he, he would say i'll come over you know we'll, we'll have a fun night we'll watch wrestling and then i'll teach you some wrestling and then when you've done a hundred hurricanes on him just so we can have you in that position mm. you realize in hindsight that's wrong mm. you know and there are people that are, are that are going through this and these are the people talking about outed on twitter and social media and that yeah. kind of thing but it's just it's horrible to think that people are still going through this. Like you say, Susie, in 2018, people are still going, this isn't right. And this is why we need to give people the information. Don't live the sheltered life. Like, okay, sexual abuse is horrible. It shouldn't happen, but it does. Mm. It's fucked up, but it really does. And this is why it happens. And these, you know, when it happens to you, I think the thing that you need to, as the victim, if that if that's what you want to call yourself, it, it's okay to not understand what's going on it's okay to question everything and to be confused over it to think oh am i in is this what i want but again you're not in a situation to rationally know what you want i said this is the first person who's talking to you about wrestling exactly this this that's what you want to talk to someone about wrestling not all the other stuff that's that's being bunched into that but because you've got that excitement in that one part of that interaction you can then start to think oh this is my choice i'm in control here and it's Exactly. It's okay to it's okay to get confused in that way, and it's okay to realise that and not feel 
oh, it was my own fault. It's like, no, it wasn't. You you were yeah. a yeah. child excited about wrestling. <laughs> there's, there's, there's nothing Very wrong with that, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the thing that I don't want people to feel now. I don't... It, when I put myself and I look back at that time, which, to be honest with you, I've blacked out a lot of it mm. um, just for my own peace of mind. But when I do remember those times, I think, you know, I... My situation was I didn't live at home at 16. I moved out because I didn't get on with my parents. And that was my choosing. Yeah. But because of that and my relationship with my parents, and I didn't have very many friends because I was the geeky wrestling kid, I didn't have anybody to go to. I didn't have a support system. There was no one that I could go to in the wrestling business or make themselves aware in the wrestling business that go, do you know what? This place is safe. This yeah. place is okay. Um, you, can, you can be safeguarded in this training school. We've gone through you know, all the legislations and policies and etc. Um, everyone's CRB checked, you're going to be fine. And the only thing you get, you know, that will worry you here is, okay, how to do a move or yeah. the psychology of it, not all this other crap to do with abuse yeah. and all of that. And yeah. I think if we just had, if we can show people through social media, through these podcasts, that they there is support. Yeah. Whether it be from us or whether it be from like other helplines, that there is someone there, you're never alone. But not only is it okay to talk about it, it's, that's the best thing to be 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 doing. Sure, I feel I feel right. I'm spending my whole time quoting a wonderful women, but <laughs> I should be. That's, that's <laughs> I, I can't add much other than that for why. But um, I saw an interview again with Greta Gerwig, and she was saying how, as a writer, she was saying how it took her ages to realise that, that she was a writer because growing up as a young girl, she was encouraged. To, to write in a diary and never let anyone read it yep. and it'd be a secret and it'd yeah. be locked away have a lock on your diary her male friends were encouraged to write oh you can do you can be a writer you can turn it into a play you can do this to show everyone whereas as, as young girls like, don't let anyone ever read your diary it's like no that shouldn't be the case with yeah. these things it shouldn't be something that you experience it's hugely emotional and it's, you, it's you, your secret forever that's mm. that's something of a society that was based in darker areas and realms that that's a protection method in many ways and again i'm not saying that everyone who's ever said that but that's certainly a patriarchal society saying keep your little secrets in your diary and don't let anyone read it there's there's more than one reason for that so it's encouraging people that that that's not the way i also learned as well from speaking to the police that even if your allegation can't be proven so if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, I'll never be able to tell... I can tell people that it happened, but there's no proof. <coughs> and maybe there never will be, and there never will be proof, and your allegation will never be proven. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen mm-hmm. and that you can't seek support for how you feel about that. But similarly, if multiple people go to the police and say that this has happened to them, and the police have got multiple allegations against one person, particularly a position, in, um, a position of trust, so yeah. a trainer yeah. or a, a teacher or whoever... They can see that there have been these multiple allegations. They might not get this person sent to prison forever, but they can look at the position of trust that that person's in and assess that yeah. and whether that's something that they can continue. And I think that's that's what is important. You know, it, it takes such bravery. I mean, it takes such bravery to speak out and to show your story. You know, it's, it's so, so brave. But not only is it brave for, for you to, to tell people that, but it could also really help people that might might be be victims of the, that person or that abuser yeah, going forward. And that's you know? the weird thing. We, 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 we've not sat down on this podcast to say that we've got the answers. Because no. the fact is, it is that double-edged sword. There is a risk of speaking out online. But equally, yeah. that's a perfect example of if you feel, oh, I can't really prove it, if you speak out, there may be someone else who's sitting there. It's, it's the same with any 
emotional or, or mental health a situation. If you speak to your friends, chances are, rather than it being a burden, they're going to be fucking relieved because, mm-hmm. oh, someone else is going through this. And that's the case with a lot of things like this. If someone speaks out against a guy, then someone else goes, oh, that happened to me as well. This wasn't a one-off thing. This person needs to be, you know, yeah, addressed appropriately. And, yeah. And it's it's, it's establishing what behaviours are and are not okay. It comes back to the point, Kirsty, that you made earlier on, that if you feel like something's not quite right, it's probably not quite right. Yeah. But it can be really reassuring to talk to someone else about that and have them go, yep, that's, that's not right. Yeah. That's yeah. not right at all. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've... What's really astounded me in the last week or 10 days that we've kind of been pulling this apart has been, I feel really fortunate that people have felt that they could come and kind of talk to me about things that they haven't felt like they could talk about publicly and I would never break a confidence. But so many people coming and and kind of telling their stories and go, but but was that just something that happens, like either in wrestling or just between people or like... I got sent this message and I mean, it didn't really technically, there was nothing wrong with it. It didn't explicitly ask me to do anything, but I still think that that's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. It, you know, people, people who conduct this kind of behavior tend to have, tend to have done it enough to have honed themselves to, to something that they feel they could get out of it on a technicality. And I'll use air quotes around all of that because it, it, they don't have to be explicitly asking you to break a law or to do something specific. If if there's enough subtext there for you to feel uncomfortable, they're probably doing something that's really not okay. And number one, it's always okay to tell someone, no, I'm not doing that. And there should never be a detriment to that. You should never feel like saying no to someone, whether it be because they're asking you for naked pictures or they want you to do something with them or go somewhere with them or be with them one-on-one in an environment that you don't feel comfortable with, there should never be a consequence to saying no. If there's ever any threat of a consequence to saying no, there is a problem. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I'm sure any of us, there'll always be ways that we can find resources for you to find people who you can talk to. I appreciate that it's difficult sometimes to to know whether or not you can talk to the police and what the implications might be of that Mm -hmm. for you. There are there are different forms of organisations out there that can give you support in just making that decision yeah. and actually yeah. going and doing that if you need to. But sometimes you just need to feel heard, and yeah. for somebody to go, yeah, that it's it's okay that you feel like that wasn't okay because it wasn't okay. And again, it's the realization that it, it's okay to talk about any of these yeah. things. I, I think a thing that people, an issue that people have a lot is um, feeling oh. It's not that bad. I don't want to waste anyone's time, particularly with charities or things like that. And I've said to people before, and I probably shouldn't let them know, but my my mum's a Samaritan and they deal with a fuckload of people ringing up to wank or to be creepy. They want to hear from the people who've actually got something wrong. Whether it's a huge problem or a small problem, never feel that your call, oh, I'm taking them away from someone who's been through something worse. It's like, no, you're probably taking them away from a quiet night where no one's calling in or some person's calling in being a, a creep. It's like you should you should feel that Samaritans or any victim support type charities, it doesn't have to be the worst thing in the world has happened. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's this this level. Yeah. It's easy to go. It's not, I don't deserve this. It's not, no, no. you do deserve to yeah. talk and to express that. Because there's various levels of severity as well with, yeah. with something like sexual assault, you know. Yeah. It, and it, and it's none so of them varied. are acceptable. That's no, the bit that's, acceptable. that's tough because 
I, I've discussed this a few times recently. We need to get better at addressing the fact that there are nuances in all these things, mm. and accepting those nuances isn't saying that any of them are acceptable. Yeah, it's saying true. that there's nuances because the nuances even relating to things like consent. Yeah, like just because you didn't say no, that's not yeah. that doesn't mean you consented, or yeah. you know maybe you didn't kick and punch this person as they were raping you. That doesn't mean you that you no, consented. No. no, there's like. There's loads of nuances involved in that as well, which is why, because I, I spoke to victim support, the charity victim support, they were really, really helpful. I, I think that if we can, Pip, when this goes up, if we can get some links in the, any dis- description 100%. boxes or on, anything so people can on go this, through. If you're listening on, on ACAST, every charity that we've mentioned, there'll be a link to their website as we're talking about them. Excellent. So that'll all be there. And then, as I said, we can, I'm sure that we, between us, we can put together a blog or something with yeah. a load of. If you're not happening to be checking as you go along, yeah. here's a load of Because Susie's... Points. If you... Death by Susie on Twitter. Yeah. have got a few links to a few really useful places. Yeah. Um, but Victim Support said um, to me that they offer support to victims of all crimes regardless of whether the incident has ever been reported to police and there's other charities that do too. People should also know that just because their case hasn't gone to court it does not mean that they have not been believed or that they were wrong to come forward. I thought that that was really important. Um, And they also mentioned that few victims of sexual assault feel able to report the crime as it's largely due to the fear of not being taken seriously which is something that we covered earlier. Um, And I know that they thought that it was really important to say that even if you feel like you can't go to the police, then there's still not only charities that you can go to, but the importance of speaking to friends and, and making contact with other people and just discussing that. And if that's the way that you feel that you want to... If that's enough for you and you don't and you feel like the ultimate end goal isn't to get this person sent to prison or yeah. whatever, you know, as long as you seek support in the right way and that we as peers and friends and fellow fans can help guide people towards that support and know that they are supported then that's yeah. obviously really yeah. really important and it's, it's it's knowing that you can talk in as much or as little detail mm. as, as as you choose to as well because mm. that can be the fear of people going i don't want to relive it so you don't have to relive it in grand detail but it might help to ring a support line or to talk to a friend and say I'm feeling shit because this horrible thing happened. Mm. And you, you, I mean, you don't have to go through the, the, the minute details and relive all that, but you might find if you share a little bit, you feel better sharing more. Yeah. Again, another thing that that the Samaritans do, at the end of each shift, there's a Samaritan who's not working, who's on call, and the person who's finishing calls them to, to, to offload. And it's a known psychological thing of, if you've had some, some dark phone calls that night... If you're doing this two, three times a week, it's going to be horrible to live yeah. your life, to go home with all that on your shoulders. But calling someone else and saying, here's what happened tonight. Again, it's all anonymous still. It's offloading. It's getting it off your chest. And it does help. It helps yeah. from the people just listening. And it helps if you're a survivor or victim of these things as well to to try and get these things off your chest. And again, we've spoken a lot about friends and the community. Sometimes that's too much of a step for you to take. Yeah. All of these charities will give you anonymity. Yeah. That can be a huge first step of talking to someone who will n- never know who you are, mm, but you yeah. get to say, here's what happened to me, yeah. and not feel, oh, they're going to look at me differently, which, again, your friends won't. They will support you and love you. But, again, that, I, that can be a fear. So the fact that there's these options that you can just speak anonymously and just say it, mm. just say th- that this, and, again, it's that realisation, again, that, 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 that this happened and it was wrong and it wasn't, your fault i had um 
a young lady on the podcast called Mira who was, was brought to this country in, in sex trafficking. And before anyone's like that, as we've said today, I've explained to them that they can go into as little or as much detail as they want because it's not, we don't need the, the details for us all to, but her point was, look, I've just come to the realisation that, number one, th- this stuff happened. Number one, ha- or number two, it happened to me. Not, I didn't do any of this yeah. stuff. This isn't, yeah. so any horribleness that, and on that podcast, she she was in tears, I was in tears. I guarantee everyone who, who listened was in tears. But her point was, I didn't do anything wrong here. These things happened. It's uncomfortable to listen to, but it's not my fucking fault. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's I'm not the one in the wrong here, so I shouldn't feel... I can't talk about it because it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. I can't talk about it because it makes people feel bad. It's like, no, you didn't do anything wrong in this situation. You're allowed to talk about yeah. that. And any discomfort is on the piece of shit that, that, yeah. that, that carried out these acts. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And I think that's... So what a lot of people, or what some people definitely in this community are now experiencing, is that they're having to talk about subjects like this that they've never had to talk about before. Yeah. And it's... And it's really fucking hard. Like, yeah. legitimately, mm. even for, you know, I've been talking about this stuff in various sort of aspects of my life on and off for more years than I care to publicly admit. But it's 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 never easy. And it's never an easy conversation to kind of have. So, um, again, there's some great kind of guidance online that will teach you that just gives you a little bit of an indication how to deal with these things. Because I think that we're a strange group of wrestling fans. Like, as a collective, we're, we're very unique, we're very diverse, um, and it could be that you, you know, these kind of things make you remember things or make you feel certain ways that will only come up when you're in the environment of a mm-hmm. wrestling show or around sure. that community or whatever. And I think it's it's about if 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 you hear someone starting to talk about things like this, it's about understanding that if they're talking to you, they've chosen to talk to you for a reason. And whilst you can always ask them to go and talk to someone else, it's it, it's probably because they they trust you or they feel like you're a good person for them to kind of listen to and just allowing them to talk without blame. You can allow them to talk without blame without saying, oh yes, I completely agree that what you're telling me is correct. And that person X is a rapist or a pedophile or whatever else you can, you you don't need to do that. That's, that's not the position that you're being put in. If somebody is kind of talking to you about stuff that you've not heard before, just let them speak Mm -hmm. and maybe point them in the directions of things that can help them. But you can let them speak. You can tell them that you're sorry that they feel the way that they feel and, and that, you know, if they feel bad, they shouldn't feel bad. Yeah. Nobody should ever have so, to yeah. feel bad. And that doesn't mean that you're agreeing with anything that they say necessarily. If that makes you uncomfortable, you don't need to make a judgment on anyone else's life, but you can just let people speak and then maybe point them in the direction of someone who can offer them some help. Yeah, and equally, I think one of the problems with speaking out on on social media is a scrutiny that should never be part of someone coming out about something that's happened to them you know as 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 you said vicky there's a lot that you've blanked out of stuff that's happened things like that in the past but if you make this statement online there will be people on either side who are getting defensive or whatever else say well how come if that's the case then how come you did this it's like I don't really know. I don't yeah. know. It was fucking horrible. No it's, it's a blur. I've not got an explanation for that. Well, that's not... If this happens, how come you then work together on this or that? It's yeah. like, well, fuck. Yeah. I, it's not It's not as yeah. simple as that. Yeah. But that's a scrutiny that shouldn't... That w- wouldn't come from any, any victim support or things like that, but w- will come from an emotional and defensive internet community at times. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's one of the things that can make a survivor feel 
that they're wrong, mm. that they're, they're that that they've imagined things in some way, or that they've acted in inappropriately, which they should never have to feel. That yeah. shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be yeah. that scrutiny or that attacking. It, sh- it shouldn't be that. Oh, if that was the case, then why did you go to their promotion? Yeah, and, they, yeah. and put money in their pocket or whatever else. It's like oh, I like wrestling. Yeah, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to acknowledge yeah. that yeah. something had happened. Yeah. It's fucking. It's horrible. People can choose to bury stuff. Yeah, People don't yeah. always. Uh, again, I saw a lot of responses of the, the, this doesn't sound like the reaction someone would have to someone who's abused or attacked them. It's like there's no set no. reaction. Just that's me, not, that's not how it works. It's not. No. Yeah. And and also, I think it's important to remember that not everyone that's a victim, like when you hear the idea of a, a child being groomed by an adult into sending them photos because that kid just wants to be a wrestler and mm. things like that, and they're been coerced with special privileges or whatever i think sometimes it can be easy to sit there and think about that child that's been as being like you know a small little girl wearing oversized clothes like that girl could be really feisty going to shows flirting with all the boys they could be wearing hardly anything people in the in the area could call them ring rats for example we've got this horrible horrible um this horrible culture of that honestly in the in all wrestling yeah. worldwide probably yeah, um, and you could have a girl and everyone in the whole place could say oh she's a ring rat she loves saying after the shows and trying to meet the boys and she's always in the back you know going into the locker room and trying to chop, chat people up like it it doesn't matter if you think that person's a rat or whatever horrible name slut slag whatever you want yeah. to call them that person does not deserve to be abused in any way. I mean, I think we need to yeah, because that's it's, absolutely it's key as well. There, there's n- there's nothing wrong with liking sex, yeah, and enjoying or fancying wrestlers yeah. or a- a- anything else like that. Or Again, that's an accusation wrong. that comes a lot. Is saying, "Oh, she slept with loads." But it's like that doesn't mean you can r- rape someone. No. Who gives a fuck Don't if they've slept yeah, with loads? Yeah. Yeah. People can have any. It's it's the reason I get annoyed with the throwing around of of the term pervert in a lot of the stuff that's gone on in, in the film industry and every industry. Cause it's like, well, that's, that's suddenly judging people's sexual preferences. A, a, a Louis CK wanting to sit while someone else is fully clothed and masturbate doesn't make him a pervert. No. The fact that he's doing it against someone's will, that makes him a <laughs> scumbag a and it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. his own kinks are his own kinks. That's yeah. not what we should be jumping on and highlighting and going, Oh, what a, Creep. It's the yeah. same. It was tough, but it's the same with Weinstein. It was easy to go. Oh, what a gross, fat, ugly, whatever else. Like, well, none of that's got anything to do no. with it. It's no, his no, actions yeah, that yeah, are the yeah, disgusting yeah, bit. Yeah, but it's yeah. easy in those angry situations to go that pervert. It's like no, they're a criminal. Yeah, it's yeah. not the perversion. And again, it's yeah. equally if someone is a ring rat, yeah. they can be a fucking ring rat if they yeah. want. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that if they're choosing. Everyone has their own tastes and choice in, exactly. in, 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 in their chosen gender that they're interested in. They're allowed yeah. to enjoy them however they want yeah. as consenting adults. Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't then say, oh, but now I'm allowed to do this as a non-consenting yeah, adult. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I get worried that people will be like, oh, well, you know, she's saying this now, but she was always sleeping with the boys. And it's like, uh, that doesn't then render yeah. what she's saying yeah. false. No, it's this. Uh, so this is a wider societal point that yeah. that people there is kind of a, a worry that women make up sexual allegations of sexual violence and sexual crime, and every every study and there've been lots there've been a lot of studies trying to to you know figure out some kind of grounds and facts or any about this. 
there just is no evidence to support that women routinely and regularly make up make up mm. allegations of sexual crime. We 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 don't do this thing, and I appreciate that. Uh, there's you know the vast majority of the of the kind of cases that we would be talking about here or that that may have happened are are going to be a fifty fifty shot between uh, person A and person B as to who's telling the truth and who's lying about what happened. That that's very different to saying well that means half of all women lie about sexual yeah. assault. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is that's not the same thing. Yeah. I think some of the I think I think it's Rain that did a, a study um, in America that looked at um, the conviction rate for rape being zero point nine percent, and that's why personally I get very upset about this whole well let's just you know let's the courts decide and they're innocent until proven yeah. guilty. I completely understand that psychology, but just because somebody is not convicted of a crime does not mean that that crime didn't occur. I don't yeah. think any criminal system in the world purports that that's true. It, it, that's just that's not how these things work. I think that we there is this kind of terror that somebody will be falsely accused of something, and we're so scared of falsely accusing one person that we let a hundred people walk free in inverted commas because we're so scared that we might get it wrong once. Mm-hmm. And actually, it, is that going to help the people that we're trying to protect in this situation? Absolutely not. Yeah, and again, it's it, it is it's it's such a Again, I keep saying it, but it's such a, a, a nuanced thing because equally, people can get stuff wrong. M- men can make a mistake and misread a signal or whatever else. Again, that doesn't make it acceptable. That means it needs to be called out. It needs to be addressed. It it doesn't. It depends on what's happened or whatever else. But there's there's nuances there. But it's still not acceptable to call yeah. someone out. And if 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 the response is well, I thought they were into me. It's like right, well, cool. It's great that you thought that. How they weren't. Yeah. yeah. Let's now address that. And yeah. it's like, oh, I thought yeah. they were. No, I, I know that. That's adorable. But they weren't. It's yeah. lovely that you thought that, but let's let's now address that. And that's the thing that again I think a lot of men get defensive and scared on is they've all had a situation where they've they've come on to someone in their youth or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, oh, does that mean I've I've been inappropriate or whatever yeah. else? It's like it's nuanced, it's if if you were inappropriate then Surely it's better that you get called out on it and you learn from that exactly. than you have this kind of, well, it was fine, wasn't it? No, no, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah, that's no, it. We're that's... starting to slowly get better at understanding the nuances around that. But there's some really interesting stuff out there at the minute talking about how a, a, how a woman is far more likely to try and find an excuse as, as opposed to actually say no outright. And yeah. that's where we talk about those nuances around Completely. this idea that yes means yes and no means no where consent is concerned around sexual acts is massively outdated yeah. because it can be really risky to say no. It can feel like you're really putting yourself at, in, a, in a dangerous situation to say no because there is this kind of back of the head thought that you're going to get someone who goes, well, do you really mean no? Or can we try and talk you into it? And, you know, persuading someone into a sexual act is not getting their consent. If you've had something that is, is a soft no, which is like maybe another time, maybe on our next date, I let you take my bra off. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that if someone goes, well, if I, you know, Let's let's move from this pub to that pub. That classes as date number two. Show me your bra. That's not how it works. You know, it's about equally. Equally, it's about people understanding those nonverbal cues, and that that's not just that doesn't mean try a bit harder and you might get what you want. That's not what it's about. And again, it's about paying attention as well because those cues can change. That 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 can be a very. It's it's 
good to pay attention. Even if things are going well, they'll be going better if you're paying attention yeah, yeah. to how the person is reacting. Yeah. So it's like, this isn't some kind of, oh, you have to be extra cautious. Like, it's best for everyone yeah. if you're really paying attention. If suddenly yeah. it's all gone a bit quiet, that's not good in any way. Yeah. In any, yeah. <laughs> if there's yeah. consent or not consent, it's not going well. You, you might want to check something and see what's going on there. So... I think what's a massive crying shame is that we're here saying, you know, this is where you can go to get information and support and let's try and help victims go in the right direction when, in actual fact, the big thing is stop fucking raping people, and man. That's, that's, stop abusing people. That's, that's, this is it. That's the it? bit that's key. And I think we it's the easy part is to give a lot of guidelines of how the victim or, or, or survivor can get help or how with a lot of... the the girl gang, so and, and and how you can have friends and precautions that you can take. The priority is blokes stopping acting like this. Yeah. So again, make no mistake, it's not putting anything on the, the the women here, but it is a fact that all the girls I know, I'd rather know that they're going home in a group yeah. than going home on their own. Yeah. That's horrible. The yeah. the bad person in this situation, the, the the thing we need to address is still the, the men and the threat, but. That doesn't mean we can't also have these extra bits of, look, here's stuff that it's probably worth doing. Yeah. It's probably worth trying to take this precaution or that precaution. But again, it should, yeah, I think you're completely right sad if you're making it's just very clearly that the problem it's is really the, the guys. And again, yeah, I guess that is, is something that as any any men that are listening, if you're feeling uncomfortable hearing, it, hearing any of this, then there's probably something wrong on on your part as well as you were saying if a, if a woman feels it's something I wasn't right if your reaction to a lot of this is a defensive one you might want to have a look at, yeah. at, at the way you're acting or what your approach is because it might again the, the problem that we have is making out that it's monsters mm. And that doesn't help yeah. anyone because the no, fact is, it's humans. Yeah. It's regular yeah. people. It's Sometimes super hot wrestlers with hot bodies that yeah. we've been admiring from a distance for ages. That's yeah. the scary thing. And, and, yeah. and, and no one is sitting there going, or not many, I'd imagine, going, oh, what am I going to do next? What evil ploy yeah. am I going to go? Yeah. They're not going to realise that what they're doing is wrong. They're going to have had one thing happen one way and then they thought, oh, that means that this is okay. And then, yeah. oh, that probably means that this is okay. And it's been stuff that's built up. So that's key as well, that anyone... Uh, uh, are listening addresses their own actions and looks at their own things and goes right well maybe i need to pull back a little bit yeah. here maybe i'm into slightly aggressive or rough sex or whatever else like well yeah that's cool but maybe you need to take a few steps before you get to that maybe yeah. you need to develop these things and and it's fine to question your own approach yeah. and your own and what you're doing it doesn't mean that you you shouldn't sit again well i'm not i'm not i'm not one of these horrible evil people it's like they're not sitting there going I'm proper evil. Yeah. And you just, oh, I'm right horrible. Yeah. They're sitting there thinking, what? I ain't done anything yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's probably also worth mentioning at this juncture that uh, men can be victims of this too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and especially in, in this industry and what we kind of see um, around here, yeah, that, that men can be victims of men, men can be victims of women, people who identify differently on the gender spectrum can equally be victims in these situations. Yeah, so 100%. whilst... Uh, the the vast and overwhelming majority of what we hear is women being victims and men being perpetrators. I think it's important that men understand that, again, if they feel like they've been in a situation where they've been vulnerable and something has happened that's made them uncomfortable, that is just as much of a crime. Yeah. It might have yeah. a different label on the outside because crimes can have different names on them when we talk about sexual crimes, depending on what bodily parts you have yeah. and what's happened. 
the label might be different but you will feel exactly the same way about it and that's every bit is valid yeah Yeah. and I think that's why it's good to have that to know that the support in places places that you can go and people that you can speak to that will always take you seriously regardless i know that you you'd identified and i'm hoping that you will be able to when we put the information but you would identified some charities for people that don't that aren't you know necessarily identifying as male or female yeah. I know that the specific charities that people can go to for to get understanding from somebody that understands their situation a little yeah bit better, i think right? i think if you if you identify differently from a gender perspective it can be very different. It can be sorry. It can be very difficult because um, a lot of uh, a lot of charities, especially that, will tend to specialise in particular types of sexual crime mm. or violence. But equally, they'll identify from a specific gender or gender yeah. presenting perspective, and that can just be very difficult and complicated for those people. So there are specific charities for trans people. Uh, there are. Uh, charities that will simply help anyone who identifies on the LGBT spectrum anywhere, yeah. irrespective of um, any of the gender combinations that might be taking place. So there are some places there where if you feel like that type of support is specifically needs to be in a certain way to make you feel comfortable as- accessing it equally you can ask about the gender of the people that you speak to on the phone to make sure that you're speaking with the person who identifies as a gender that you're comfortable with yeah. and that's again that's a very valid thing to do it it's absolutely normal in these situations that you would feel more comfortable speaking to someone who identifies mm-hmm. as the same or similar gender to you yeah. when you're talking about these things because you feel like they will just get it a bit more and that is absolutely fine that's really valid and you should feel like you can always do that i think it's worth at this point as it's a great a resource where can people find your blog and 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 because you've got a lot of where you write you've got a lot of good information in there so obviously we will put links to the podcast but it's also worth yeah, yeah so um, the blog that I've written all of this kind of stuff on um, is uh, deathbysusieblog.wordpress.com. Um, but if you find me on Twitter, deathbysusie, S-U-Z-Y, I've spent my entire life pointing out that my name is spent, my name is spelled Susie with a Z, Susie with a Z, it's the pattern of today. Um, I'll, uh, I'll pin a post that has links to all of that kind of stuff at the Perfect. top. Um, I've got a few different kind of places that I blog, but I've got a blog about consent that No Pips talked yeah. about um, that just helps to to look at some of the subtleties around consent if you're not feeling comfortable with yeses and noes or maybe making sure that you're really listening to people in those situations I'll make sure that's pinned there and it just gives you some things to think about about the way that people use verbal language and non-verbal language in those situations Mm -hmm. just to make sure that you're kind of really listening to what people say. And Vicky are you going to be keeping us updated on your yeah, well, when it's all up and running at the moment, well, since this whole what's it called? Let me. Just I've named it Conquer because I want everyone to conquer through and be as as the best person they can be. But it, yeah, basically, what we're what we're hoping to do is working with training schools and trainees, and just like I said before, help give them the information they need to make the training school as safe environment as possible. Um, we just want to make wrestling fun and friendly and safe again for everybody. On this website, we're going to give uh, all this information. So there'll be information on like the risks of um, being online, because obviously, as a wrestler, social media is so such a massive part of mm. it. Um, you know, whether it be cyberbullying or whether it be um, looking after your own profile, because there's so many. I don't want to say weird things going on with people take your pictures and then make like profiles of their own and they, they yeah. play to be you i mean i don't have a great understanding of that and this is what i'm doing at the moment mm. i'm learning about all this yeah, kind of thing yeah, yeah. How it fan fiction 
Yeah, I never really got my head around that. I remember, do you remember <laughs> I, that fan fiction that was um, Jimmy Havoc and um, Finn Balor and, their, and and how they were in love? And it was, <gasps> like, a, it was like a whole story arc about how they were in love. <laughs> it was the strangest. Incredible. I, I, I had one fan fiction about me and I was just like, this is too strange, sorry, no, <laughs> bye-bye. Um, but yeah, no, Conquer is, is we're, um, we're making a website at the moment. On this website, we want to provide information on not only the risks of being online and the risk of social media and the types of abuse that we've touched on today that you could come across, but also help people with anxiety and depression, people who have dealt with what we call survivors, and, and just just be an over-umbrella of, of wrestling. So we will help training schools with, um, with getting the right legislation, the right policies and procedures in place, um, what we want to do is work with one individual, what we will call a conquer representative from each training school. That person will basically be an agony aunt, so to speak, of that training school. So they will be there for emotional and mental support of all their trainees and trainers. Um, they'll be involved with CRB checks and just make it as safe place as possible. Basically. That's fantastic. It's because again, if, if, if any training schools are listening and thinking, I mean, Purely for safety, they mm-hmm. should be doing all this stuff. But it puts you ahead marketing-wise as well. Yeah. If you've got the seal of approval and you're a safe place, exactly. parents are going to be wanting that to be the place that they're... If there's three training schools and one of them is working with Conquer and is on your website yeah. and is approved and all that, they'll go to that one rather yeah. than, the, exactly. than the other ones. That's purely marketing-wise. It's good to get to that level. And yeah. you, it makes you a professional school. It's not yeah. some mats in a school hall I mean it is some mats in a school hall it makes you a professional yeah it, it makes that a professional thing and that's that's a huge thing that's well worth doing well that's it and imagine if you could get to a point where promotions were saying that they will only work with wrestling schools that exactly. work with Conquer yeah. and that have those people and those plans in place so that wrestling promotions are sure that the people that are coming along to their shows are safe and well looked after yeah. and have been correctly trained you know, again, it, I mean, that's a, that's a great point because the wrestling shows, they're, they're once or twice a month. They're not on those people or, the, or they don't have that interaction. With them. It's the training schools mm-hmm. that, that do. So that's a great point because mm-hmm. it's, it's the wrestling companies knowing that the people that they're using are safe and yeah. are looked after. When they're not, they can know that in their locker room they're safe because they've got their precautions in place, they're booking people yeah. that they trust. But they can then know that all the time they're not with them in their room. Yep. They're safe. They're being yeah. looked after. They're being trained properly. They're being, yeah, protected. And it's also lovely to think that, because it was a funny thing. I was at Progress last weekend and I was talking to Tyler Bates' mum and she was saying how, like, Tyler now is like a... It's, he's his own business because he's yeah. just a self-employed person, right? Yeah. And I only recently went self-employed and I'm 30 and it's, it's still so bizarre to me. And yeah. I, I remember when she told me that and I thought, well, where does he go to get support then? Yeah. Where do you get guidance and training when you're self-employed? Because he's a business now. Because he's a business an individual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, I know that I could go to the, I don't know, Black Country Chamber of Commerce or something for them to tell me <laughs> about my tax. But where do you go if you're a self-employed? Like, I can't go to HR if I feel particularly stressed or upset with the yeah. stresses of my job. No one can if they're self-employed. So to have somewhere where they can go to talk, I think it's just incredible. It's a great point because indie wrestling is a collection of independent contractors essentially yeah, yeah, and yeah. that means you don't necessarily have or aware of a support system yeah. other than oh it's my mates but yeah. if it's if your mates are mates with that guy as well 
then you might not feel comfortable with yeah, your teammates. Yeah, yeah. So that that's yeah. kind of a key thing of building them networks to say, look, I know you're all individual. They are everyone is a business. They, because of their social media, because of the way they have to build yeah. their profiles, they are a business. So it's great to have things there to say, here's 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 your HR. Yeah, yeah struggling yeah, exactly. with depression, struggling with anxiety, here's yeah. some, here's a resource that you can go to with mm. people that understand the business that you're in that can help. I think it's amazing. There's so many other outlets that you can go to for anxiety and depression and performance anxiety as well that a lot of people do suffer with in this business. But trying to explain to them about wrestling, you have to have two conversations. You have to explain the wrestling business and then you have to actually explain your problem and your issue yeah. and explaining about the wrestling business is I mean I don't know if any of you have had to do it <laughs> I did it to uh, the police this week imagine trying to explain an hour that. and a half explaining this, this bizarre world that we live in and it's just so much easier if someone can contact us and go do you know what I'm not at a training school. I've been in the business for 13 odd years. I'm suffering so badly with anxiety at the moment. Yeah. I mean, Mark even said to me yesterday, God, I've got wrestling anxiety at the moment. And he names it. He goes, I feel really crap because of this, that or the other. Or he's just worried about it. And it's such a bizarre thing to worry about. How do you explain to someone that, you know, okay, I'm going to put on my shiny pants and I'm going to wrestle this guy, but I'm really worried because. Mm. Like, uh, what I call the no- normal people, the muggles, <laughs> they, don't, they don't get it. And here at Conquer, what we want to do is we want to invite people into go. If you want to message someone, if you if you want to talk about anything, whether you're depressed, whether you're worried about a friend, whether you think you know we're going back to the abuse thing, you think something might be going on online or in person, you've got someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. We get the business that you're in. Just whatever. If talking about it, communication, opening that line up is just so important. So coming back to that, then from a fan's perspective, I guess that's kind of a bit of what Peter Bleal Peter. PW PW girl gang, I can't say it. It's awful. Um, How many hours has it got in it? Three. I had to. Look, I've also had to set. You know the the autocorrect like yeah. the text thing on your phone so that it, it makes it right gang. for me because I kept giving people the wrong email address and feeling really bad. Um, PW girl gang was established uh, in America um, a year ago by Lady J, who um, those in the internet wrestling community will probably know. She's amazing. Um, and uh, so I help out with it in the UK. Um, we are all about um, trying to make wrestling safer and more inclusive for fans primarily, not just for girls, but it obviously came from a, a place of recognising that girls, it's a male-dominated environment. Yeah. That's, that's unlikely to radically change. Um, but, it, you know, that doesn't always mean that it's massively comfortable or that you feel safe as a girl going in, or it can just be intimidating, if nothing else. But actually what that's kind of becoming is is a really good community of people who are going to go, I'll be a friend to anyone who needs a friend, yeah. irrespective of any of these other things. Um, if they just want someone to go to a wrestling show with, or then if they kind of want to talk about things that are bothering them in their lives a little bit, then, you know, just a source of support for people who, as I said, wrestling fans are a weird bunch. And we are kind of really, we're a really diverse group of people. And so the diversity is kind of what makes it beautiful, yeah. if you 100%. let it be. And so Peter, Pete, there, the girl gang. <laughs> Goodness sake, um, Girl Gang is all about trying to make it more accessible. So uh, we help by redistributing tickets for shows. Um, we helped nearly 100 people get into shows last year who couldn't have gone into shows wow. without our tickets, either from people who buy tickets and can't use them and donate them, or by us making funds from selling shirts and, and badges um, and using those funds to buy tickets for people. If people, for example, feel like they really want to go to a show but they don't have any friends who like wrestling, they want to bring a friend along but their friend doesn't want to pay 20 quid for a ticket for something they don't really want to go to yeah. that badly, we can give them a second ticket. Do you know oh, what I mean? Great. So that, that means they can go because they can take someone with them. 
them or we can find friends of ours who are at that show and very rarely in the UK do we not have someone around who's who can keep an eye out for someone whether it be the lovely Tasha who works on the doors at Attack and Chaos who looks out for people or me trailing myself up and down the country every weekend going around trying to, to get to different places there's usually someone there who can offer some kind of support um, and equally if you're concerned about anything that's going on either at shows or that you're being asked to do by other fans online or by you know where you have that kind of fan wrestler or fan wrestling personality again coming back to that power dynamic okay. dynamic and you're not sure about what's happening give us a yell we'll mm. we'll try and get some help for you and what i, I love there was the highlight in that it's not only for girls no, it's it's for everyone because the first time i walked in into the ballroom <laughs> over progress i was just like this is the one alternative club i used to go to as a yeah. kid where yeah. it was just was the weirdos yeah. from town and that, yeah. this this is it yeah. this is what this community is it's a mixture of people so it's not always going to be the most socially confident the most oh. outgoing and things like that and so that's a beautiful thing that there's there's options for everyone to Absolutely. feel comfortable and safe wrestling at its heart is daft yeah yeah it's people in shiny and pants yeah. pretending to fight each other <laughs> I mean, but it's suspension of disbelief at its yeah. absolute best and sometimes yeah. the people who engage with that most are the people who don't feel like they quite fit into actual reality yeah. as well as other people do but certainly it for me you know that's why i quite like to get into that realm of Screaming and shouting at Vicky of progress. Because yeah. <laughs> that's always good fun. Give me all the abuse. <laughs> I'm so oh. sad that I didn't know you when you were a little wrestling nerd because I was also a little wrestling oh. nerd. We would have been the best of Yeah, I, I had my brother to talk to wrestling about wrestling too, but that was it. And he oh. didn't always want to talk to me about it. wrestling. He wanted to oh. play with his friends. I had nobody. I was in AOL chat in 1994 trying to get Shawn Michaels' attention when he used to do webcasts. <laughs> But on dialogue, honestly, it's incredible oh, the things you do. It. But yeah, Absolutely. yeah, no, we're all wrestling geeks. I, I think as as we've come to an end, it's worth highlighting that wrestling is fucking brilliant, mm. and yeah, the community God, yeah. is brilliant, and the standard in the UK at the moment is absolutely amazing. So, whilst this podcast is of a dark subject matter, it's a reflection of how brilliant the wrestling community is that people want to address it. The people yeah. aren't just ignoring it. It's, it's not that the industry's in a mess and it's all fallen apart. Some stuff's come to light. That's mm. probably always been there. Yeah. But now it's at a place where people won't accept it. Mm. And that's a reflection of how good, of what good a position the industry's in rather than what bad a position it's yeah. in. Yeah. Um, it's the fact that it's addressing it and, and getting rid of it and pushing yeah. it out. So, yeah. so can our vibe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you all for coming along and chatting. Um, where can everyone find you all on, on social media and stuff? Um, I am uh, on Twitter at Death by Susie with a Z. I'm on Twitter, which is Vicky Haskins, and then Instagram, which is Vicky.Haskins. I love your Instagram. Do you? Yeah, I, I love do. your Instagram. I, I'm getting to the point where I think I'm annoying people now. No, no. More, bunny more rabbits. Yeah, more, more, <laughs> more rabbits, rabbits more lifting massive weights. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy. I remember um, that. The first time we spoke, I just DM'd you to just say, "Just want to let you know that you and Mark are bloody great. I think it's so lovely, and your little your boy and everyone else like just you're brilliant, you lot. It's, oh, it's, like, it's lovely. You I'm looking forward to actually to seeing the progress documentary because I understand that you guys are a bit of a focus on that one. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. It. I changed though throughout it. It's really weird because I lost a load of weight halfway through. So right. I was talking to Glenn the other day, and he went. 
you don't look like the same person. So it's going to be really confusing for some people. But yeah, no, it's great. And the guy who did it, Dale, is just, oh, he's phenomenal. Dale's amazing. We're watching yeah. it this weekend as well. So oh, really? Very, yeah, we get That's to see sick. a little preview of it. So very exciting. excited. And I'm just Bozzers. Bozzers on Twitter. Bozzers at wrestling shows most of the time. You can't miss me. I'm quite loud. Um, and if you are ever at a progress show, particularly in Birmingham, you can tell that I'm from there by this accent. Um, come and see us on merch. Say hello. Uh, if you ever need anything, come and let us know. We're always happy to help. Oh, thank you very much. It's been an absolute delight. Thanks for coming to my thank house. You. Yeah, it's lovely. It's not great to drive in the snow. It's beautiful. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Squibbish Pits Discretion Pieces. There we go. That was a heavy conversation, I'm sure you'll agree, but hopefully a helpful one. Um, I highly recommend you look into and follow all three of these amazing women and spread this about if you feel it needs to be spread. As I mentioned earlier, next week's guest is Vicky McClure, who the whole start to this year has been just some of the best conversations i've had and the next two weeks aren't letting up on that at all uh vicky mcclure um a bafta winner herself and florence Pugh, who was the lead in in lady Macbeth, and is up for the uh the bafta for ee rising star it's actually a publicly voted award so i will urge you to go and vote for her if you haven't already hopefully you'll enjoy the podcast and go and vote but yeah that's the coming weeks thank you for oh I mean, if you're, you're listening to this on the Friday, I didn't expect to do another podcast ahead of it, but I've got my club night at We Are Lizards. Saturday night, we're joined by Don Letts, the legend Don Letts. It's at the book club in Hoxton. Come on down, we'll play some songs, drink some alcohol, and have a little dance. So yeah, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. And thank you for for, for sticking it out on a heavy subject and Probably not an easy listen for some people, but hopefully it can be of some benefit. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon. That is the weirdest ending I've ever done. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon. That's like us ending a phone call. I'm so sorry. That's not how I end my podcasts. See you later. (laughs) I can't end it now. Anyway, more podcasts to come. See you in a bit. Bye.